Welcome to the Zeal Interestings podcast, where we discuss an interesting article or link from the week. I'm your host, Chris White. Today, I have a very special guest, Krein van der Rutt. He's the co-founder of EveryDev. And I invited him on the podcast because EveryDev has a super interesting concept. It's a consulting company, and it seems like more. And so I wanted to dig into that. So Krein, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And so tell me more about your history and then how you became involved in EveryDev. How does that story work? Yeah. Um... So after after moving to San Diego um, a little over a decade ago, I think 14 years ago or so, I was working as a developer, a, a small startup, and I've always been drawn to uh, to small companies. I, I I really like bootstrapping and wearing many hats and creating something from from scratch. And I was kind of looking around for something that was going to grow faster. And I, I found a company here called Great Call about a this is about 11 years ago. And I was fortunate enough to join them as I think I was a senior software engineer or something like cool. that. Uh, the company was growing fast. I grew with the company, uh, quickly started leading the development team, and then took on more and more responsibilities. And I, I started over the span of a decade, things really changed. The company grew a lot bigger until you know last year around summer. The company got acquired by private equity firms, so okay. it was definitely not a startup anymore. When I left, I had about 100 people or so oh, wow. as part of my organization. So I, I was definitely not doing software development anymore, which I kind of missed. Uh, I was still doing product stuff, and 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 I uh, well, kind of halfway through, I rebooted our our innovation uh, within the company. You know, I, I, I think people who have grown in a similar organization will probably recognize that innovation becomes harder and harder the bigger you get. Yeah. Right? This is why large Definitely. companies buy startups, uh, because it's really hard to recreate that as you, as you grow. And so by the, by the time I left, I, I had learned a ton. I was really fortunate that, you know, we were growing so I could grow my team and really focus on grooming talent, attracting talent. I don't really remember a time in the last decade that it, when it was easy to find good developers in San Diego, and it still isn't, it's really hard. So you want to hold on to the ones that you have and 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 find you know good new ones. So how would you compare the pool? Like, is it just like a pool difference between San Diego and like Silicon Valley, or is it just a a lot of developers but in a very competitive kind of market? I I would say Silicon Valley must be more competitive. I mean, there's 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 probably more supply, but there's way more demand. Gotcha. You know, I was doing the same thing that pretty much every hiring manager or CTO in in San Diego does is is we're looking for you know quote unquote junior developers, but they have to have one or two years of experience because nobody wants to hire a developer into their first job. Yeah, there's some sort of a mental block there, and and it makes sense. I mean, you don't really want to. If you feel like you're bringing on a project rather than solving solving a problem that you have with this hire, that's that's not really uh, that's not really something that you're looking for. Right? Yeah, you definitely can't put a brand new either Avu Camp or Avu College developer in the same kind of context that a that a junior developer with a few years of experience has. Yeah, yeah, or at least that's that's what I thought, and I'm okay. I'm starting to learn that that's that's not really the case. Awesome. Uh, which is which is really that's kind of the 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 leap to every dev. So when I when I left Great Call, I, I was fortunate enough to be able to just take some time and relax, but you know, working working to build a, a startup towards uh, a, a, an exit to a PE firm. Let's just say that that's that's not easy and a lot of sounds like a lot of work. 
Yeah, no, I need a little break. And, and um, you know, a few months in, Etienne, the founder of EveryDev, approached me and he said, hey, I'm, I'm trying to build this thing. It's, it's, it's not really just a community. It's not really just this educational thing that we do. And I, I can get into that a little more. Sure. It's not really just this agency, but it's all connected and it's all for developers. And I, I, I want you to join me and 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 let's let's build this together. And um, wow! So you had not uh, met Etienne or worked with him before uh, that? Oh no, I, I'd known him for years. Yeah. Okay, you'd known him for years. Yeah, he he started seven CTOs. He's the founder of seven CTOs. So this is a CTO, you know, peer community where every month I meet with my other forum members and and we help each other think things through, create understanding. We don't really talk about technology. We talk more about leadership and the kind of challenges that, that you have as a tech leader. And so I knew Etienne very well already. And one thing that we both early on connected uh, on and, and really agree on is, is this uh, desire to help other people succeed and to help people who are being left out in certain you know areas, help them you know become successful and thrive. And so he he had been working with these code school grads for you know about a year and a half and and there's there's some really good code schools here in San Diego and I'm sure there's good code schools all across the US definitely and in 3 to 6 months or so they they help these people who have never developed before become really comfortable with a particular stack and they pick the stack really uh, really well they also these students are also really they're really comfortable in working as a team because they they have to do a bunch of group yeah. projects, so they're they're kind of pretty social coders. They self select for that, right? Because you could learn to code yeah. with free online resources just fine. The, one of the reasons to go to boot camp is you want to become part of a community, right? You want to be part of a group of people who are going through the same thing. You want to be part of that alumni network. That's an interesting angle that I hadn't thought about before with with uh, boot camps. The code school grads that I that we're working with, they're they're actually great team members. They don't have a chip on their shoulder. They're willing to learn. They're willing to teach each other, learn from one another. There's it, it's really it's a really nice you know peer group, and you know having having run software development teams for you know over a decade, what seems to always happen is that there that this hierarchy of senior developer principal developer, architect, and all of these, you put a group of developers together and soon enough, there's, you're looking at a pyramid, right? And, right? and it's really odd that that's still happening because, you know, things like the Agile Manifesto and, and we, we're mob programming, pair programming, there, there's, there's part of our community comes up with these really great ideas of, of how to be inclusive and collaborative but somehow within teams and companies, we end up with pyramids of hierarchy. Not so with these code school grads and not with kind of the first experiment that, um, that EveryDev did with, um, uh, with these code school grads, which was essentially follow-up education for code school grads. Okay. So that was like the first iteration of EveryDev is, is, is an education model? Yeah. We, so we, uh, Etienne started this and, I, uh, and I've been involved for a while now. We do these hackathon style events. They, they're, they're, they're called 1618 Mob Hackathons. What's the name from? Well, 1618, it's, 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 uh, it's a play on uh, 1.618, which is the first four digits of the golden ratio. Oh, nice. You know, it's, it's where, where math and, and nature beautifully combine. So these are really, really fun 
engaging social gatherings where it's not just a hackathon where we just have like two friends, you know, compete with other sets of friends to go build something. We split people up. You're, you end up in a, in a mob with people you don't, probably don't know yet. And we try to encourage participants to make new friends. And then they go and they, they solve kind of classic computer science problems together. We, the last series we did was, uh, was all around Tetris. We, we built Tetris, but not for the sake of building Tetris uh-huh. because we knew that you know, if you're going to be building Tetris, you need to do things like collision detection. You need to do things like rotating these pieces on a matrix uh, uh, board. And we're really, we were introducing a lot of these co-school grads to data structures and algorithms beyond arrays and right. iterating through arrays. Everybody knows that, but you, you probably can solve most problems with this, just those two things, you really just don't want to because it's going to be horribly inefficient. Right. So in these mob hackathon events, we we just force them to struggle through that and they help each other. They learn and, and it's really fun. In, in doing those events, we notice that there are a ton of great code school grads who would make awesome team members. And just because they don't have the magical one to two years of experience are not finding a job. There's really no reason to. And, and the thing is, my old team at Grey Call, we, we would hire them as, uh, you know, on the QA team. And we were, we were focusing heavily on QA automation, right? So they were programming, just not, mm-hmm. they weren't developing a product. They were developing tests for a product. And then there was like, you know, kind of a career path to becoming part of the development team and, and that, that worked. And there's a lot of companies here who do that. And now I'm saying that's bullshit. You just should just hire them as a developer. And if you want to be a developer, yeah. don't do tech support or QA. There's no faster way to becoming a developer than getting hired as a developer. Absolutely. The, one to two years of experience is pointless. What they really, what, what people are really looking for is somebody with enough problem solving cycles. You want to make sure that a developer on your team has learned a few things the hard way on somebody else's dime already, right? Gotcha. So, so that's one of the things that we try to teach them as quickly as possible with our, our hackathons. And then the other thing that we do is a dev agency where we hire code school grads. And the first ones, they're definitely mid-level developers by now. They've been doing it for two years and, and they're, they kind of provide the seniority, but they did come from code school. So we, okay. we hire code school grads and have them build you know, MVPs for startups and, and entrepreneurs who don't have a technical co-founder. The, these code school grads are building from the ground up. We're designing it together. They, they, they're taking care of all of the DevOps stuff. They're, they're literally doing everything. And so far, no, no major disaster. So we're, I think we're proving everybody wrong that, that, that you can't hire them and, and, and have them be effective. Gotcha. So the, the prevailing theory is that bootcamp grads just don't have enough experience to independently work on these projects and, and bring them to completion. But you're actually showing through practice for, for, you said, two years now that you can actually put bootcamp grads on projects and they can be effective and launch products. That's awesome. That's awesome. So tell me, let's uh, flesh out a little bit like how how that process works. Is it set up more like a traditional agency where you're doing where you're working directly with founders and being hired to deliver a product? Yeah. In essence, it's like that. We're really trying to start a long-term relationship with them, like, you know, every, any, any agency would. Yeah. But we're, the, the way it works is that, that I essentially act as their CTO. So I don't, I don't have 
you know, a product person. I don't have a project manager. I don't have business development. That That's all me. So they essentially get a fractional CTO. Right. And we figure out a plan, a strategy. We break everything into small sprints. A lot of startup founders have a big vision and they want to get that whole vision right. implemented, but you got to start with one small chunk, right? Especially... You've got to introduce them to the MVP concept and, <laughs> yes. and keep them on that road. Yes, exactly. We do that and we break things out into one or two week sprints and we deliver value every sprint. And essentially what we do is they just pay us by the sprint. We, we don't do like long-term contracts. We want to help build build their product and and we want we want them to stick around we want us to uh, we want them to be successful but we don't want them to be tied down to a giant statement of work with a two hundred thousand dollar price tag on it so we take it one step at a time which which you know lowers the barrier to entry and forces us to really break everything up into small chunks and that's kind of important with more junior developers is it's easy to get overwhelmed by a giant, massive idea with a lot of components that you've never done before. So this is one of the main th- things that I do for them is I help them break it down into really, really small bite-sized chunks. And that's a really important thing to do with, with junior developers. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. When you bring on new juniors, do you put, place them directly onto projects or is, yep. do you have kind of an... Um, okay. So, so no onboarding process really. You just place them onto a project and kind of let that be their training. Yeah, we expect them to be writing production code on day one. That's awesome. Yeah, and you know, we we standardize a lot of things to make that possible, right? For the most part, we standardize on a stack. We definitely standardize on our on our approach, on our the tools that we use. And I make sure that usually when we have a new developer start, we also have a new founder that we work with. You know, when you're starting from scratch, that's usually hard. Once you're in kind of a rhythm, then it's easier to keep going. So when we start a new project, I'm a little more hands-on involved. Yeah, on day one, we we spin up an AWS environment. Uh, We make sure the server's running and and we're putting some code live. We're really, really adamant about that. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's really cool. Are there any big challenges that you're that have happened in the last two years in regards to to your consulting business? Like, are there what what are some of the biggest things that you've been trying to work through since you started? Um, yeah, I think for me, one of the bigger challenges, and I think this probably for every agency is is getting a steady pipeline of of work. It, it mm-hmm. takes a while, and there's competition out there, and somehow. You got to stand out, which is a little easier with us because our, our model is so different. I had no network to start with. So, so that, that took up a lot of time. And I really, yeah, I understand now why people would hire, you know, a business, business development person, for instance, but that's not what we're about. So we're not going to do that. I've never talked to a consultancy founder that has just the right amount of work in their pipeline <laughs> for the amount of people they have. It's always dramatically in one direction or another. Like they have their pipeline at the moment is not full and they have developers that are going to not have work or they have the opposite problem where they have too many people in their pipeline and they don't want to grow their business too quickly. Yeah. And I think that that's just a universal thing with, with service businesses. It, it is. Um, so the, the second category of problems I have work lined up, but I don't want to hire developers. We don't have that problem. So the, the nice thing is that right now I could pick up the phone and call like five software developers who I would love to have on my team who are looking for a job who would love to join. I don't think anybody else in 
California right now can say that. No. So that's that's a good position to be in. Another thing that we kind of do differently, which helps us here, is that we are not clingy about our developers. So if if a developer joins EveryDev and works on Cool Startup X and Cool Startup X gets funding or enough revenue that they should now think about building their company, not just their product, right? And and they're they're gonna hire a VP or a CTO right. or you know a first engineer or whatever. Our developers are are welcome and encouraged to go join that startup because that just means that we did our job. We got them ready for their next gig. We helped that startup get off the ground successfully. Yeah. And they should stay together so that we can hire another coach cool grad and do the same thing over and over again. Right. And that's very different from, you know, probably any, any other, you know, dev manager in San Diego. They don't want to lose their people. I, when we lo- lose somebody, that's actually a win for every day. Absolutely. So that's that's kind of interesting. It feels weird because I like everybody who works for us. And then, you know, we say, hey, if you want to leave, you should totally leave. It's really awkward. Uh, but we're we're getting over that. Yeah. Yeah. So so do you feel like that's a that's an experiment that's in progress or do you feel like that's that that model of um, having an open hand with both your clients and your developers is working? No, that it's definitely working. It was an experiment, and but it, in my mind, that that's a success. And you know, as long as there's, I think there are like four hundred thousand unfilled developer positions or something in the in California or the U.S. Yeah, um, and there are plenty of people who would love the kind of work life balance that you can get uh, and the kind of income that you can get as a developer. There are people excited to come join the field. And they're just not being connected right now because of that silly one to two years of experience that everybody needs, right? That tricky gap. Yep, yep. So as long as that exists, and and I don't see a lot of other, you know, I've seen some people attempt to to, to bridge that gap and solve that problem, but you know, there are drops in a yeah. bucket. It takes multiple strategies, right? It does. Yeah. You're not hiring every boot camp grad in California at the moment. No, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> But as long as that problem exists, we can keep doing this. That I think is the interesting part is our, our, our mission is really to help every developer thrive, right? And for those code school grads, that really means get them a job as a developer. Yeah. And the best way for us to do that is to give them that two to three years of experience in just one year, kind of double their value. Yep. By putting them in the very complex situation of launching a whole product out of nothing, right? Right, and it's fun for them to, to to work on that. I mean, if you if you ask any developer, do you prefer to build something from scratch or take over somebody else's code? No, all ninety nine percent are going to say, yeah, I like building my own stuff, right? That's right. Do you like working for a really big company or do you like working for a startup where you actually get to talk to the founder and you know maybe their small team and their customers? Yeah, most people are going to say, yeah, that, let's do the small thing. That's kind of the hard part is what we've had developers get the opportunity to, to join a startup they worked on or, or get a job that pays more. And, and they kind of like working with us and for us. So they, they don't want to leave. Yeah. So that, I think that's a, that's a good sign. That's awesome. So you've been operating as an agency for a couple of years now. What are your goals for the next couple of years? Let's see the goal for the for the next few years. It's it's grow. I, at the moment, we have four developers. We wanna we wanna get give more developers the opportunity to uh, to work in this model. Those are kind of the goals for the agency. 
it's also a way for us to fund all the community building that we're doing because those those hackathons that we're we're organizing you know they're free we have to provide space we have to provide pizza and beer and you know all the usual things so it's it's a good synergy between those parts of every dev and we want to yeah. want to make sure to maintain that and we want to we want to make sure that that as the community grows and and needs more resources we can we can provide that so you know, if there's any any startup founders out there who want to get you know two hundred thousand dollars worth of value for only fifty, they should uh, they should give me a call and you know we can help them kick their 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 startup uh, you know kick it off good and 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 build their MVP and iterate it to success. That's that's what we do. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, that's a really good place to to wrap up. Is there anything else that you wanted to bring to our uh, listeners' attention other than you know that you guys are looking for new projects? Give code school grads a chance. Even if you've had an intern and it didn't work out or you've hired one and it didn't work out, try it again. Try to think about what you didn't do to help them be successful and then do a better job. That's, I think that's probably a more important message because I've, I've heard that time and time again, you know, the idea of essentially writing off a whole group of potential developers because one person didn't work out that does not sound like a good idea to me. And, you know, the, the, the good thing is we're all trying to get more diverse teams, right? It's pretty clear that in, in technology and software development, that that's something we want. Well, if you want to make a quick change to that, code school grads are the place to look because three to six months, they ha- they crank out a new cohort. If you're looking at people with a, you know, bachelor in computer science, that's going to be four or five years, right? So just... You know, it's it's worth giving them a chance. And just to, from a terms of diversity of background or diversity of, of knowledge, like if you need that, then looking at the existing pool isn't isn't going to solve that problem, right? No, we need and we need to make changes there fast, right? And this, I, I'm I'm convinced this is the way to do it. That's awesome. That's super awesome. Yep. Well, thank you so much, Krein. I really appreciate you coming in on and just telling us about your exciting company. It's awesome. Well, thank you for having me. This was really fun. Yeah, definitely. And thanks everyone for listening. If you want even more of our interestings, please sign up for our newsletter. It's at codingzeal.com slash interestings. We take all the articles that we see in the week and kind of write them up and make them really easy to consume. So sign up for that or follow us on Twitter at Coding Zeal. Thank you.